the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, congratulations. You made it to the end of another week, which means this is a Friday edition of the Bruce Willie Show. Glad to be along with you, and we will talk a lot about the issues that are developing in the Hunter Biden Joe Biden, Biden family, crime family uh, scandal. We will also let you know that, I know, shocker, FBI Director Christopher Wray was not totally forthcoming when he last testified before Congress. We have a weapons sweep in some of Columbus's um, worst parts of town, at least worse when it comes to crime. But we start with uh, great news, fantastic news. Um Mike DeWine is not dead, and he is not in the witness protection program. At least if he was in the witness protection program, he is not in it anymore. Uh, The late Mike DeWine, uh, Republicrat governor of the state of Ohio, because he is kind of a Republican, but also kind of a Democrat, because he really doesn't lead like, uh, well, let's see. How many governors around the United States could Mike DeWine emulate and instantly become a better governor? Uh, Ron DeSantis in Florida would be one. Uh, Kim Reynolds in Iowa would be one. Sarah Huckabee Sanders in Arkansas would be one. Kevin Stitt in Oklahoma could be one. Uh, Greg Abbott in Texas would be one. So it's not like Mike DeWine doesn't have examples of how he could do his job better. Uh, but it is... Of course, the issue that Mike DeWine doesn't really want to lead, he wants to coast. He's a coaster. Not the kind you put a drink on and keep it from making a mark on your table. Uh, The kind who runs for re-election, gets re-elected, and then does so little that he causes me to ask if he is dead or if he is in the witness protection program. But Mike DeWine uh, smoked out of hiding yesterday by the embarrassing 57 to 43 loss that issue one proponents constitutional purists suffered uh says now something has to be done about abortion in the state of ohio gee uh guess it's better late to the party than never to the party mike but uh he says time something be done but not right now because there's an abortion amendment on the ballot for fall so kind of missed his opportunity which is why i call him the late mike dewine he's late on everything he was late to realize that covid was not the threat it should be he's late to realize that jobs ohio is a big boondoggle he's late to the party on the fact that we have far too high a state income tax he was late to the party On school choice, he had to be dragged to that, kicking and screaming. He's never really weighed in on the snit at the Statehouse where Derek Maron, an authentic conservative speaker, 
was backstabbed by Jason Stevens, who, by the way, uh, we will have, I think, Jack Windsor with us at 12.05 today. Jack has a standing appointment, so I haven't confirmed it, but I have no reason to believe Jack won't be with us. Uh, Jack last week joined us and broke big news about the fact that the agenda of the anti-issue one people was being funded by a dark money group and a Swiss billionaire. Uh, Jack making it a Friday tradition to break news. Guess where Jason Stevens, the Speaker of the House, was on Tuesday, the day of the special election? Was he in uh, one of the hamlets of the state of Ohio? Out there at the polls, 100 feet away, so he didn't break the law, urging people to vote yes on issue one? Uh, No. Maybe he was in one of Ohio's largest cities. Trying to talk stinky Democrats out of voting issue one down. I mean, might have proved useful if he would have been standing outside the polls in Cuyahoga County, Hamilton County, Franklin County. Hi, I'm Jason Stevens, your Ohio Speaker of the House. Let me tell you why it'd be a really good idea to preserve the veracity of the Ohio Constitution for you to vote yes on issue one. You can do that 101 feet. From a polling place. No, that's not where Jason Stevens was either. Jason Stevens was on vacation. And you say, well, maybe he already had it scheduled. Okay. It's not really an issue of the fact that he was on vacation as much as it is an issue of who he was on vacation with. Now, I'm not implying that Jason Stevens ran off, nor that the person he was on vacation with ran off. From their family. No, Jason Stevens was on a pre-planned junket to uh, the Middle East with Ohio Democratic House Minority Leader Allison Russo. I don't know about you, but when I go on vacation, I like to go on vacation with people that I like, people that I enjoy spending time with. People that I have a lot in common with. Not Jason Steve. Wait a minute. I might have jumped to conclusions there. (laughs) Because the fact that Jason Stevens is the Ohio Speaker of the House, he owes that to Allison Russo and her ability to herd all the cats, all the Democats, together to vote in a block for Jason Stevens. Don't forget. Don't forget. Jason Stevens is the Ohio Speaker of the House more because Democrats voted for him than because Republicans voted for him. So maybe this was a payback, just like being tepid in his support of issue one, just like him gritting his teeth and trying to figure out a way that he could straddle the fence, which if you're a dude, straddling the fence can be very uncomfortable. It's more uncomfortable for Jason Stevens because he's theoretically a Republican. But he, no doubt, knows that his stay as Speaker of the House owes to Democrats. So he had to straddle the fence on school choice. But once he realized that most people in the state of Ohio and most people in the Ohio General Assembly were going to do school choice, whether he came out in heavy support of it or not, Jason Stevens does what he always does. He licked his finger, held it up, and realized, oh, the political winds are blowing against me. And I'm sure that he had to apologize profusely to Allison Russo and her teachers' union buddies because they hate school choice. So, yeah, 
That's where Jason Stevens was. But Mike DeWine yesterday came out of hiding and said that abortion has to be addressed by Ohio law, which I know you're saying, oh, I thought it was addressed by Ohio law. Don't we have a six-week heartbeat bill in the state of Ohio? Yes, we do, but it's not being enforced right now because of one activist judge in Cincinnati. So here's what DeWine had to say um, about abortion. He said that now that this constitutional amendment is on the ballot, we need to focus on that. What a perfect thing for him to say. The late Mike DeWine, Republicrat governor of the state of Ohio. Not to come out and say, well, issue one failed and that was regrettable and we need to talk about the extremism of the Democratic position on abortion. We need to talk about how Democrats are always lying about abortion. They lie about it on the local level. They lie about it on the state level. They lie about it on the national level. Did you see the Dasha Burns NBC interview with Ron DeSantis? Where DeSantis did what Republicans need to get really good at doing. They need to turn the argument from a denial of the euphemisms, women's health care, reproductive rights, all those terms that Democrats use to make abortion about something other than dismembering and killing babies. Ron DeSantis did that in the interview, and Dasha Burns goes, well, well, that's, uh, nope, Demo- nope, that's Democrats don't favor abortion up until the moment of birth. No, they actually do, Ron DeSantis said. And Dasha Burns was like, no, they don't, no, no. It's only 1%, which this is where Ron DeSantis, and you, because you can also fight this fight. When people say to you, no, it's only 1%, you say, okay, so what's 1% of all the abortions in the United States? And it's a lot. It's a lot. It's way over 10,000 kids. And say, well, so you're willing to abort 10,000 kids who are viable outside the womb? When does life begin outside the womb, by the way? When, when do you deem it okay? Are you for unrestricted abortion? No, 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 no. We're not for that. Okay, well, so when? When would it be okay in your mind to kill uh, a baby in the womb? Because you think six weeks is, is too extreme. Wait, 15 weeks? Four, 20 weeks? 25 weeks? What? What? When does life begin? See, they can't give you an answer to when life begins. So you have to put the argument back on them. But Mike DeWine's ill-equipped for this fight. He's late to it. That's why I call him the late Mike DeWine. And we don't have leadership in the Ohio House to do it. Matt Huffman's better at it than those two, DeWine and Stevens, but that's not saying a whole lot. So we sort of... Hide behind the fact that we are a pro-life state, Mike DeWine. I'm pro-life. I've been pro-life my whole life. Yeah, well, we're about to enact the exact same protections for the unborn that they have in California and New York. That seems an oddity in a pro-life state. But it's not really an oddity when you have such feckless leadership in the state of Ohio. So, best thing we can do, because our leaders have failed us, is pray. Well, here's a statement that is uh, pretty pie in the sky. Uh, Mayor Andrew Ginther, in the aftermath of an early August raid on some of Columbus's most dangerous neighborhoods, Linden, Mount Vernon, Eastgate, Milo, Grogan, they rounded up uh, some illegal guns, a bunch of cocaine, some fentanyl, cash, and made 28 felony arrests among the 43 overall. 
Andrew Ginther says, uh, we want to be the safest big city in the country. And we are not there yet. (laughs) No, we are not. Uh, This weekend, I predict, we will pass the 100 mark on murders in our city. I have said many times and will believe until I'm given cause to believe otherwise that the proliferation of crime in our city is a result of the fact that we devote far too much time and conversation to being uh, kind and gentle and understanding of criminals rather than being punitive in the penalties that criminals suffer when they engage in criminal activity. I began to become uh, a convert to the theory that we didn't have nearly enough punishment to go with our crime when our juvenile court judges in Columbus protested vehemently the... uh, Police initiative operation game over. That was about, what, two summers ago? When car thefts were not at the astronomical levels they are right now, but the signals were out there that, hey, we got a bunch of car thefts going on. They're juveniles who are stealing cars. There's a gang that's calling itself the Kia Boys, and the people who are uh, in that gang or want to be in that gang or desire uh, social media approval from that gang are stealing cars. Well, then we had our juvenile court judges step up and say, hey, you can't do that. You can't arrest kids for stealing cars because that'll, well, that'll turn them into criminals. Which would be kind of missing the point that when you steal a car, you have already crossed over from uh, behavior that is not antisocial into behavior that is criminal. So I await the mayor getting on board with the fact that the only thing, the only thing that takes criminal activity off the street is to, follow me here, take criminals off the street. Because, guess who commits crimes? It's not a hard question. It's not a trick question. Criminals commit crimes. If you take criminals off the street, here's another trick question. Do you increase or decrease the number of criminals who are on the street and available to commit crimes? See, these equations are not hard to solve. Well, well, they are hard to solve if you introduce something besides simple common sense and data to the issue. For instance, if you issue political considerations into the equation, oh, then these issues are really hard to solve. These equations get incredibly complex. Because Andrew Ginther and the law director, Zach Klein, and every single member of city council, which is to say every single Democrat on city council, because the entire city council is comprised of Democrats, they get really, really, really nervous about tried and true solutions to crime in the city of Columbus, because those tried and true solutions to crime in the city of Columbus might make somebody mad at them. And if people get mad at them, this is the really simple political equation that Ginther and his Democratic henchmen are great at solving. If people get mad at them, they might realize that they don't want to vote for them. And that would be a deplorable, deplorable conclusion for people to come to in the mind of Andrew Ginther. So we stand by and wait for Andrew Ginther to stumble upon the incredibly simple solution to his... uh, 
stated goal that he wants to turn Columbus into the safest big city in the country. As long as we have astronomically more murders than bigger cities like Miami, Florida, and we do, what would be the difference between Miami, Florida, and Columbus? Well, a lot of differences. But number one at the top of the list in terms of the difference in crime is that Miami has an effective mayor in Francis Suarez, and Columbus has an incompetent mayor in Andrew Ginther, who's running for a third term, by the way, and will likely win in a landslide because, well, I live in Columbus, and I'm in the inner city, and I've always voted Democrat, so I'm obligated to vote Democrat because Democrats are kind. They're compassionate. They care about me. They're they're working— They're working to solve all the problems that we have in the inner city. Hey, I got a question for you, Lyndon. You've voted overwhelmingly for Andrew Ginther twice. And about, what was it, two years ago? Three years ago, maybe? When the Columbus crew was building its new stadium downtown, and we were left with that conglomeration of uh, erector set, beams out there at uh, 17th Avenue and I-71, which is also now known as Historic Crew Stadium. Remember when they were going to convert that into a palatial recreational area for the people who live in and around that area? Remember when they were going to do that? It was going to be phenomenal. They were going to have all these parks and green spaces and tennis courts and fields, and it was going to be this awesome public-private partnership that proved that Andrew Ginther and the people of the city government in Columbus really care deeply about you, the inner-city voter who continues to put them in power. Remember that? I have a question. Is that park under construction? Has it been built? It's still on the drawing board, you know, except the drawing board is not any longer located at 17th Avenue and I-71. Now that drawing board is in an area of town that is decidedly more upscale than Linden or Milo Grogan or the Near East Side or the Hilltop. Politics as usual. And the only cure for it is for you to change your voting habits, change the leadership of the city. I really want to be compassionate, and I really want to be understanding, and I really want to see change in the city of Columbus. But the voters are the ones who, and the only ones who, can affect that change. If you're going to keep rewarding poor leadership, You're going to continue to get mm, poor leadership. Yeah. So, until Andrew Ginther, until the Democratic Party, until Joyce Beatty, who represents you in Congress, until those office holders change, I don't think the quality of life in your area is going to change. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.